Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, vampires and vampiresses, to another episode of On the Slab Horror Show with me, as always, your host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, joined, as always, by my left arm and my right arm, the G-Man, Greg Flanagan, and of course, the mighty Carl King Woe. Today, today, we have a very, very special episode uh, for you. As you can see, we are joined by two familiar faces, of course. Uh, we have Aaron today, who is actually going to be doing something pretty special for us, and we'll let him plug his stuff in momentarily as well, because he'd do a better job than us, <laughs> than any of us on his own stuff. But he's he's here for a particular reason today, so we'll let that one sit for just a moment. And of course, as always, uh, another kind of leg or arm or some sort of limb uh, that is always appearing on the show. <laughs> it is, of course, Ted Irvin from Retrotainment. So lads, welcome to the show. I'm going to take care of a bit of business before we let people know what we're doing today, because as everyone knows, we are now on the sponsorship ladder. That is right. We are uh, proud to announce that we're sponsored by, and today's show is brought to you by um, Fright Rags, the best horror merch on the planet, in my opinion. Um, you can go to what we have for you, first and foremost, is a special offer where you can get a discount on some of this unreal merch. Whether you're into Halloween, whether you're into any John Carpenter film, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm getting my plug out there. And um, dude, they have pretty much everything. They've got like unbelievable long sleeves, hoodies. In fact, if you're a Crow fan, check out the long sleeve Crow uh, top. It's actually yeah. one of my favorites, which I'm definitely. I'm on page one. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Um, so all you need to do is basically uh, go to FreudRags.com and you enter a special promo code, which you will see on the video here. Uh, our, uh, our graphics man, Carl, will make sure that that is there throughout the show. So um, please do take advantage of that. Enter the promo code OTSHORROR10, which you will see below, um, for a sweet discount. And uh, they have a new Halloween tree line uh, that they've just brought out as well, which I think is sexy. I can Sammy. see Aaron there is going. Ian's yeah. broke. <laughs> I didn't want to cut in there. I was like, it's probably the first time in like six months that I haven't been wearing a Fright Rags shirt. But <laughs> I do actually have the, the Halloween Fright Rags hat. The dad sweet hat, hat, man. Sweet hat. Yeah. Representing. Yeah. Um, well, look, let's get down to business. Even though we've taken care of business, we're going to take care of more business now. Aaron today is joining us because he is going to act as a special adjudicator today, a judge and a jury. Some of that retrotainment. Um, flavor coming in here we've got a uh, we've got a debate going on um shout out to carl sherlock actually that's usually his baby so we kind of stole your idea and um, it wasn't my idea so i just just so you know carl um <laughs> but uh we decided um that we were going to do a two-on-two -two debate style battle with yours truly and carl king because that's we usually roll together um and of course the retrotainment boys um even though greg is an ots boy as well <laughs> but we'll call it the enter the retrotainment boys today and they are going to be in the corner and uh, basically vying for dog soldiers versus our american werewolf in london and aaron is here to adjudicate first and foremost aaron plug your shit always do and then you can tell us why you chose uh, to go ahead and <laughs> be part of this mess <laughs> I, I was actually thinking about it earlier and I was like, do I really want to get in the middle of this argument? At least you're safe on camera. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I'm really far away. Um, congrats on the sponsorship, actually. Uh, Cheers, thank you. Thanks, bro. Um, yeah, I suppose I just wanted to, I, I wanted to get involved when I first heard you were going to do it because these are two films that I'd have a hard time, I think, in a lot of ways. I'm interested to see the arguments that come up now and see will it sway me one way or the other. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, www.classhorrorcast.com or reach out on Instagram at First Class Horror. They're the two places where I'm most active. Um, going to be doing a lot of interviews this year with a lot of awesome. different people. Um, awesome. So, yeah. And uh, of course, we will obviously put the links uh, in the description below and stuff there. Carl probably have a nice yeah. little graphic there as you were doing your intro just to show people where they can find it as well. Carl loves this shit. 
So uh, <laughs> Carl is king. He is king when it comes to that. No, well, no pun Aaron. intended. <laughs> well, without further ado, I am no longer your host for today. We have handed it over to Aaron. Aaron, you are now in the lead. OTS is yours. Uh, okay, so I guess um, I, I just want to jump straight into it because I, I'm just interested to see what the arguments are going to be. Um, are you guys each going to take a few minutes or is it the team gets the allocated minutes? Which way do you want to go with that? So the team. The team. Team, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so topic one. Um, let's go for storyline. Let the old boys go first there. Yeah, I was just going to say, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do a coin toss? I don't have a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Let the old boys go first, as you said, yeah. Uh, and you want to take it away? Um, well, look, uh, we, we, we'll, you're going to allocate us what maybe five minutes a piece. So if yeah. you want to, you can kind of time it there because you're you're judging today. We're going to keep it to an hour. So look, our time starts now. I'll hand over the same way a little bit and then hand over to Carol. Um, I think with storyline, like if you were to ask me why I think American Werewolf in London is a better storyline, a I love uh, I love the setting. I, lo- I love the idea of American Werewolf in London, and obviously at the very, very start, you're not in London. You're 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 the furthest, you know, <laughs> furthest way away from London you can possibly be. You're up in the up in the mountains, basically in a shire. Um, I love the idea of the two boys obviously coming over because it makes sense. Two lads, two rich kind of, you know, melty kind of Americans. No offense to the American listeners, um, <laughs> kind of coming over, full of you know piss and vinegar. Um, you know, find themselves, you know, in a in a in a kind of a really really kind of backwood rural British town, somewhere what Plymouth, you know, um, and you know they're, they're basically trying to get rest for the night. I just love the whole kind of. Um, I don't want to get into atmosphere right yet because that'll be points that we'll bring up later. But in terms of the storyline, the idea, you know, that they're they're just literally going in for a bit of shelter, and kind of rub people up the wrong way in this kind of little shitty little well i wouldn't consider it a shitty little pub we're, we're all country country men ourselves we know those little small pubs small town pubs where everyone looks around and go you're really from here mate. so uh i love that kind of uh, how it sets out and then the story begins you know that they, they fuck them out on their ear basically the poor guys and you're one behind the bars kind of saying lads come on we got to help them here they know what's up so it really kind of gets straight into it it's very very kind of dark in that sense um we pretty much hear something in the woods straight off and Carl this is where I'm going to hand over to you from where the storyline evolves from there mm. uh, yeah you really start to see um, shit kicking off here with the with mm. the werewolf and basically I mean I love a lot. what I love about it is that it, it feels it, it, yeah it, okay it was made in 1981 but it feels natural just the way that it's mm. that the way that the werewolf ravages uh, Jack it's just nasty you know um, but you know, again, the 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 the, the storyline moves quite quickly for the time that it is and yeah. the time that it's that's in it. But you get everything in it. You, you know, it, it it hits all the right points. You know, you don't you don't need to overexpose anything in it. You know, so uh, like I mean, you know, in terms of storyline, there might be better storylines out there. But I just love how it flows. It flows, you know, through London. You get to see everything about London. It's just I would, I would make the case as well for Carl as well that uh, when you're bringing in storyline into it, um, <clears throat> Aaron, I think there's not much filler in this movie. Do you know what I mean? It's the right amount of time. Yeah. There's not much filler. A lot of movies, sometimes you could shave off 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes here or there. And I think with this movie, like Carl mentioned, there's not really a need um, to kind of add anything else to this. This is why I think it's almost a perfect werewolf movie. Yeah, it's also got like more. And, and don't get me wrong, I think everyone here likes dog soldiers as well as what American, uh, what? as well as American werewolf. Do you know what I mean? But um, the fact that there's so many memorable lines in American Werewolf in London compared to dog soldiers, uh, that to me drives a, a, a good a good storyline you know yeah yeah and, and, and that's basically and, that, and, and that's, that's the all we now. got and that's all we got to say about that yeah it's in, te- in terms of storyline yeah as i said there might be 
more detailed storylines out there. But when you're talking about in, in terms of a werewolf film, um, let's be honest, like horror movies haven't been coined to werewolves, really. I mean, you compare them to to, to, to vampires. Shamefully so. so. Shamefully. Yeah. So what we get with this is, is it's a really tight, compact storyline. Um, you know, and like, I mean, we've talked about this film to death on this show. So there's no point in me regurgitating about it. But um, what you do get is it is a really good, tight, good moving, concise movie, you know. And uh, I think and the storyline story... is, is pivotal to where it starts and where it ends. You know what I mean? Because it moves mm-hmm. swiftly along, as Carl said. But it's a storyline, I think, that anybody, this is what I'm going to close out with, that anybody from, you know, mid mid teens to like even older adults can you know sink their teeth into so there you go uh, no that's it well girl, you guys uh if you didn't have a timer up when you were like spot on i think it's like bonus points for that uh, <laughs> four minutes and 50 seconds you know about that that's pretty good going uh, oh, lads. right then that's so Fairly compelling argument for a fairly iconic movie. I think the name American Werewolf in London and just that that cover art kind of does a lot for that film mm-hmm. as like being this iconic piece. So I'm actually interested to see now how the lads are going to, I guess, change the conversation towards one of my personally favorite movies, uh, Dog Soldiers. You want right. to kick off, Gregor? Uh, what can you? What more can you say? Basically. The lads have said there that their story is fairly simple. This story is very simple. Uh, special ops and what was supposed to be a training exercise to not get caught and break the lines turns into a game of chicken and a game of staying alive, basically. The unarmed amateurs go in to try and stop the special ops and, well, the special ops have something else in mind. They're using them as bait, and then when they get taken out by, by the extremely smart werewolves, it all becomes bone, as they say, which means not very good. Uh, they find themselves in a house, which is basically a survival house in the woods, which is used in so many iconic movies, but you very rarely see it with a werewolf. Um, especially to use it in a creature feature which is my personal favourite uh, in terms of subgenres of horror so when you bring it in to woods house creature feature you've got a winner you want to go ahead Ted? yeah um, as the lad said it, it is it's a fairly simple storyline you're brought out to but like basically two teams brought out but one of them well more equipped um but even before that you're introduced to the the idea that there's something out in those moors in those woods because uh we see a couple uh, a couple on like not so much a getaway but are like you know they're out staying in a tent and then they hear kind of some snarling and stuff outside and we see the attack on the tent and you know the tent gets ripped open and then they get dragged out uh and then we see the special ops and they kind of realize that hang on this isn't the normal training exercise something else is out here and it's not it's not the boys that are following us around because we're you know we're military trained we know what what the sound of a human following us looks sounds like and what something else following us sounds like and it's the intelligence that they go with for the werewolves in this that adds to the storyline they're not just brutes that just attack the first thing they see they're smart like they they round you up into a location where they can attack and the boys only get out the first time because they're they're saved by what looks to be the heroine in the film at the start she comes out she drives out and she saves them and brings them to this uh this cabin in the woods which we later learn is the um is the home of the werewolves and that she's in on it the whole time but you you don't get that from the start you, you believe that she's just out there to save them so the storyline is built off the premise of, okay, somebody's here to save us and they've brought us here. And then now what she hasn't actually done is saved you, is she's locked you in. You're now stuck. So 
it's a it's a bunch of army lads stuck in a, a small little house trying to defend themselves throughout what ends up being the second night because obviously the first night they're escaping the second night she gets them there so it's 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 a two-day story really and that's why it's so compact and so quick and um by the end of it you know you get you get everything that you want from an army sort of film with werewolves in it you know your captain sacrifices himself and only one or two people ever make it out in the end and there's some good humor in there too yeah the good british humor in it as well yeah liam cunningham as well sorry liam cunningham is one of the ultimate bad guys Sean per- Sean Perry's in it as well. He's the car. He's the Sarge. Yeah. And uh, I think Kevin McKidd is a man from Grey's Anatomy. He went on to do that from there. Not that I watched that, but I know it. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think for me, like, uh, both of the, there's a lot of similarities between the two films. And I know people mm. will probably get offended by me maybe saying that. Um, no. But. You know, they both kind of have a, a, I guess, a comedic aspect. Yes. Yeah. They both have a very simple story, I think, as well. There's very little required because I think there's so much uh, creativity and there's so much in the actual movie itself that it doesn't really require this big, massive, elaborate backstory and all this, like, build-up. We just kind of get into it and it's just like bang, bang, bang. Quick, yeah. There's never a really moment. Yeah, yeah. I think both have that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, based on that comedy thing, the guy, um, I can't remember his name, your man who directed American Werewolf, he, he made, yeah, he made his bones as a as a comedy director. Like that's what he was before yeah. he took on this project. Like, yeah, very very good director too. He did, oh yeah, uh, he did uh, he did Thriller as well, Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's right, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that, that him, him and Vincent Price. Do you yeah. know how? Do you know how I know that? Because I'm old enough to have had. That I actual, had that video as well. I had that movie on VHS. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like half an hour long. Yeah, it's amazing. Brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I will put to that is that as good as John Landis is bringing the humor in, this was Neil Marshall's first movie as well. So to make something like this on your first directorial yeah. entrance. So is, I think we won that round because I got the lads <laughs> to go over time there, didn't I? Well, well you, invo- you involved yourself in their conversation. I just said Liam Cunningham. I, I just said Liam Cunningham. Just appreciating a, a fellow Irishman, that's all. Yeah, you also threw yourself into air debate, so that should be disqualification. You, you were actually over the five minutes when I said Liam Cunningham, so. So what we'll do is we'll go with a draw on that one because I actually, <laughs> I started talking at about four and a half minutes in, which I think brought us straight over. Uh, one thing I will say actually on, on the point of that, I do think um, Dog Soldiers does maybe get a, a little extra brownie point for the fact that uh, I think that had a budget of like maybe two point eight million. Two point million. eight million ahead. And American Werewolf, I think, had five times that. It was five point eight. Five point eight. Yeah. So I think that he was able to pull that off, and, and like Greg said, you know, it being his first movie, it's. Uh, I suppose. Oh, to look oh, at it. What I, I say? Say one thing. Could I say one thing? At the same time, the technology available at 1981 would have been significantly mm. lower than what would have been available at the time that that movie was made. Just does, as maybe a possible equalizer. Does that affect the storyline, though? Well, the storyline, I mean, it's 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 obvious that, you know, does technology wins. Yeah, the technology doesn't mean anything. Techno- the- technology doesn't affect the storyline, though. No, no but, then, but then, but budget, but then, but but, but uh, like budget doesn't ex- uh, like affect. I didn't, I didn't bring the budget up. Yeah. One thing I will say to you boys is that uh, you don't see, you don't actually see a, but you don't see a, a transformation as good as the one in American Werewolf. Oh well, it's we're gonna good. get there. We're gonna get there. No, Listen, you want Aaron taking take control of this? Yeah, you're jumping the gun here. Aaron take control of this. I brought some stuff into that that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on, I guess, to, to round two then, which would be effects, design, and I would suppose with a, maybe a specific look at creature design as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, who wants to go first? Let, well, let, the kid, go. let the kids go, yeah. Let the kids yeah, go first. <laughs> Wanna go there, will I? You go ahead first, Craig. I'll go second, yeah. Counting. So you want, you want, you want to talk about transformation, right? Great. That's the only thing this movie has because the werewolf is very outdated now for American werewolf. 
in this it's a different werewolf it is a very different werewolf this is more of a dogman werewolf um they're upright they're what seven eight feet tall um they're smart quick strong um they hunt in packs and they will isolate people left right and center um, they use their surroundings very well the the special effects like as far as I was going they didn't need to put a transformation in this because if you know you can't make the transformation happen you don't do it because if you get a transformation wrong you fuck up the movie so the tiny bits of the transformation you do see in this is very good obviously you see uh, the girl's eyes changing and her teeth starting to grow and then she takes one in the forehead Liam Cunningham changing and you can see the pain he's in and like all the spit coming out of his mouth and then he appears up which I think if you know you're not going to do it well don't do it at all or if you don't have the budget to do it don't do it Ted? Yeah I think um, I think that is really what happens here is that there there is a budget constraint on you know how long you can hire somebody for uh doing makeup artistry and stuff to to make someone look like a werewolf to get those shots in so i think i think they did make the decision here that they went we'll do what we can with a facial you know uh eyes turning yellow teeth elongating and then we'll just let them drop to all fours behind a table or whatever and then they come up and they're the full um the full werewolf you also see um sean putry he doesn't actually ever end up transforming but you see the pain that it puts him through while he is transforming um before he obviously blows the house up um which is a great special effect in itself um i know it's not particularly the werewolf special effect but it is a very good special effect how they've done the house blown up um they also do go with showing you the werewolves while they're fighting which is something that you don't see too often normally with a werewolf attack they they give you a, a cut of the werewolf and then it jumps on the other person then it cuts away and then the, the other person's left on the ground bloodied and battered you don't actually see them you know physically like attack like you see the attack happen but it's it's cuts it cut scenes here there and everywhere um which they went a little bit different here obviously a werewolf that can swing swing punches and then gets stabbed a whole lot of times and then just grabs you by the throat rips your head off with its mouth and throws it at a at some other lads car so yeah. i think special effects can be affected by budget but i think with the budget they had the boys did very well for even, what they did have the, here even the bodily parts when the rib surge open when his guts are hanging out yeah it's it's, it's all very well done yeah oh my insides are out and we'll put them back in and <laughs> um, like the humor that comes with it is is part of it yeah, I feel like actually on the on the, the topic of humor and, and even that scene alone, they've done a really good job of getting across that kind of uh I suppose Irish English kind of uh and, and that's that's the reason yeah. it didn't do so well in America. That yeah, you have a fair point. Movies like, that, movies like that don't do well in America. Same lock stock and things like that. Good point. Good point. Yeah, and even even on the um I I went crazy there a couple of years ago for re-watching movies and then listening to the, all the commentary tracks mm. and I know that Dog Soldiers actually had, there's a commentary track on the Region 2, which would be the Irish and UK version mm. um, that was, I think Neil Marshall um, Liam Cunningham and there's a couple of the other guys that are all on it and it's basically when they were recording it, I think they were all drinking cans of Stella <laughs> They actually made them re-record it for the U.S. release and took that one off <laughs> U.S. release. And I think Stella that maybe that. <laughs> I think maybe like the lads were just having a bit too much crack, like, and they just thought this is just not gonna. The old, uh, not gonna the, the old, the old wife beaters got put on like during the drinking of Stella, and like no, no women were harmed during this <laughs> during the film of this uh, commentary. Um, Any closing thoughts, then? <laughs> Any closing arguments? Well, they, they, they've gone... Yeah. Oh, for me? Uh, no, 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 for, for them. They've had 10 minutes on this one now, come on. No, I think I think, we, I think we've made our points. Uh, like, if we're going to do counterpoints to other people's stuff, we'll do them at the end of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, 
I personally, yeah, that was good. We're going to have to step up the game on that one. That was good, lads. Well done. So, Fine. yeah, yes, I throw it over to you guys. Um, uh, definitely a bit of emphasis, I suppose, on creature design uh, effects and then just overall, I suppose, design atmosphere yeah. set and stuff like that. Only thing well, I'll say before Carol takes the lead is that I agree with what the lads were saying. I think that Dogman is 100% spot on because myself and uh, Greg are both uh, kind of Sasquatch nerds and Dogman nerds because we uh, we listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like on that. So I, I would agree. And Ted made a really good point that I think um, I think the Dog Soldiers ones are a little bit. They're, they're probably more in line with the kind of the Sasquatch thing and the Dogman thing that they hunt in packs and they kind of know what to do. They're quite intelligent. Um, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure Greg would agree with that because obviously, you know, that's what we uh, that's what we we like to listen to. Good old Wes, we, shout out to that's Wes. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, whereas I think here, this is why I'm going to hand it over to Carl. I think in this one, you're looking at a more traditional werewolf, but at the time, not like the Wolfman. You know what I mean? An actual werewolf that walks on all fours. Um, and you know, Carl, take it away because this is your baby when it comes to. Oh, thanks. Yeah. This. <laughs> um, so look, the name look and again, this is not to, to take out and away from Dog Soldiers. It's a it's a great film. Right. But the nice. name is in the, the, the clue is in the name Werewolf. Okay. What I mean by that is, yeah, the werewolf uh in Dog Soldiers look great, but they look like they were made by what I mean by is one of the lads said, Roy, give me your favorite superhero and make him into a werewolf you know like an eight foot tall you know able to t you know werewolves are beasts like absolutely savage beasts and that's what like the beast takes over what i mean by that is then like the, the 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 werewolves in dog soldiers are too clever in my opinion you know because when they change they lose all control that's why you see other werewolf films, they they wake up, they haven't a clue what they're doing, you know. Now, um, in terms of, you know, uh, the werewolf in America, London, that was groundbreaking, and that's I know that's a bit unfair to bring that up, but, but it was groundbreaking, and that laid the foundation for everything else that went after it, and it's been often being part. It won the very first uh, Oscar for best makeup. It was makeup, I think. Yeah, it did. It won. It won the award for that. It was the very first one to get it. So with that kind of weight behind it, um, in terms of design, it's just, it's just. Un I mean, it looks terrifying as well. That face. It's terrifying. That picture I have up behind me, that was up in the video store when I was a kid. And that terrified me, you know? Like, that, like everything about that werewolf screams icon, you know? Um, yeah, fair enough. The big tall werewolves as a pack might be able to destroy the, cast to destroy the castle of wolf. But when that thing's on a rampage out in um, Piccadilly Staircase, that's chaos. And it looks chaos. And look at all the chaos that it causes with just one. Now imagine if there was a pack of those werewolves, you know. So it's pure, unadulterated rage and aggression and hate. And the way it, like when you see it in the porno theater and you only briefly see it when it's ch chowing down on your man and you just see the, the red mess all over the place. Yeah, fair enough. It's not as mad looking and fair like, fair play to the lads they did well with the the budgets that they had but at the time again like american world for london was 1981 and you know they did they did break new ground with that and i think uh, uh, i think going on, on on the special effects thing as well i'll just chime in on that because obviously that scene that's not really all that this has as greg alluded to like mm -hmm. You know, you see the hands and you see the feet transform. I mean, that scene is iconic. It's it's one of the best best fucking scenes in, in any movie ever. But also, um, you know, you want to talk about special effects. The whole idea when your man is running through the tube 
and you, you you can only kind of barely see it but then when you see the you know that this motherfucker is on all fours you know this is a proper actual werewolf and chasing them you know up the escalator or whatever i think those effects are really kind of underrated also you know what i mean because they made it look huge they made it look terrifying it wasn't just like a guy in a suit kind of deal um they really i think the camera work in this movie in particular because of the time really kind of shone through they knew what angles to go at to make it look terrifying they knew what kind of a you know so i think it wasn't just all about special effects i think it was also the camera work on this which kind of i know it lends itself to both movies to be fair and um, that's why this is such a tight one um, but i just think for the time you know where there wasn't any kind of cgi things that you could do or anything you know effects you know the quality of camera probably wasn't as good so i just think yeah for me that's what just shades it um, and then one before we finish up our uh presentation we forgot we even didn't talk about jack the deep the way he's decompos decomposing in, yeah. in parts the part where you see him freshly destroyed and the bit of the bit of flesh flipping off yeah. off him when he's eating the toast that like that wasn't actually meant to happen but it just looks so real yeah. now fair enough when he looks like a puppet that's yeah fair enough but you know very good very smart um makeup and special yeah. effects yeah and i think that should be enough there yeah Ooh, five minutes and one second oh i don't know does that does that well, without without interruptions in fairness i think we've uh considering, <laughs> considering on the first one we were four minutes and 50 seconds i think we're allowed yeah actually to true yeah so if we talk with that way um <laughs> i'm definitely a politician <laughs> i was just gonna say that. you're as corrupt as fuck exactly <laughs> wonder why you support chelsea uh, <laughs> that's a different podcast Saudi couldn't one, help that's that, that one <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I suppose both compelling arguments. I'm still like I'm sitting here now going. I've I've got one point that I'll make about. Oh, you made uh, your points. That's it. Yeah, news counted to ours. That's we said we'd make it at the end. <laughs> You're talking about the chaos that comes in Piccadilly Circus, right? Yeah. This is a werewolf, a creature that doesn't actually exist, right? If you release a tiger into Piccadilly Circus, it causes the same chaos. This is an automatic half as disqualification much as now. This is an automatic disqualification, surely. You know, because no, 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 no. Let, let him, let him, let him. Yeah, that's fine. You, you came in uh, on at the back of that's this. fair enough. Just, hey, really said Liam Cunningham, as in like appreciation. Don't worry about did that. You that was, did you, did you come in and say something? That was the last section, yeah. Greg. What I will say, um, Greg. What I will say to you is, yeah, fair enough. A tiger would cause that much chaos. No, it wouldn't, because a werewolf is ten. Well, if if it was real. It'd be ten times more aggressive and vicious than a tiger, because it's just pure hate. It's pure, pure. It's not that it's scared. It's, it's just that hate. thing. That that werewolf doesn't look any bigger than a tiger. Simple. And it does. When you when you it look, does at not it. look any bigger. When he attacks, uh, when he attacks the lads in the cinema, he's standing over the dead body, right? Or he's chewing down on it. And there's parts of it. He's not much bigger than that. They couldn't and get a bigger kill... guy at the time, though. That's what I'm saying. Is it... But that, that's the thing. Do you know what I mean? the joint wasn't available. Yeah. Well, so anyway. what, you, settled for, you settled for Fezzik in the corner. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're really going over time here with right. poor Aaron. Aaron, give Aaron. us your thoughts there. Control these lads, Aaron. Again, like, two super compelling arguments, and every time I hear one, I'm like, okay, right, I'm swayed. And then I hear, like, the contrary, and I'm like, oh, shit. Now we're going <laughs> Reagan and I'm like there is a a, a very uh, I think a, a fine line there like like you guys said uh, I don't think werewolves have really been represented that well not even terrible yeah Absolutely terrible. that these are definitely the two that are at the pinnacle probably silver bullet yeah that are actually worthwhile like I've seen yeah. so many werewolf movies but they're just muck oh they're desperate aren't they silver uh, bullet this, yeah 100% yeah, this silver bullet um, howling, uh, howling, whatever. howling. The howling's very, very, very good. Yeah, um, great movie, great movie. Yeah, and then obviously the original Wolfman from Universal. 
But that's and, and the Hammer version with it. The Hammer one was very good. It was great, yeah. 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 But I okay. think I think they, they these two these these two are kind of streets ahead of most of them. Oh absolutely. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Um so I think for for me there's there's two arguments to be had there. Does the fact that American Werewolf in London managed to pull off what they did back in the early eighties gain more? Or does the fact that, you know, somebody in their first feature with a you could call it low budget managed to pull off what he pulled off um and i think we, we've only got one real category left and maybe i might throw in a little bonus thing at the end so we're going to go for a tiebreaker on this one again so it's going to bring us right into the end so this this last section on impact and then i have a little i guess a bonus thing is gonna is gonna see who's gonna win this thing out okay. um okay so who greg you went first the last time yeah all right, then, so Carolyn and Ian next. Um, yeah, I guess just speak to the impact, I suppose, of the film um, and I guess everything that's come after the fact. Yeah. Uh, will I start off, Ian, or do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, American World for London, everybody knows it. Every horror fan knows it. I know every horror fan knows Dog Soldiers, but almost every horror fan will have seen American World from London when they were a kid or when they were, you know, in their teens or whatever the case may be. Um, the impact on this that this film has on horror movies is this is generally seen as the werewolf film. This is the one. Yeah, fair enough. Dog Soldiers is great. I've said it several times, so you can't take that away from me. It is brilliant, but it's not the werewolf film. I think that, that and is. the howling are both, you know what I mean, were the original, yeah, to be fair. Well, it's it's just a case of what what the way this represents a werewolf is to me and Ian is the best way you can if you if if anyone said to me what's the best werewolf film you could show me I, obviously I'd show them American Werewolf in London, um, but yeah the impact that it's had everyone tried to go out everyone tried it was like a moment in time where uh, Rick Baker was able to create something special and and with such such natural ability like you know so you look at now you look at werewolves down the line and their cgi and their ridiculous looking you look at that underworld crap you know unfortunately the lichens in that are awful you know yeah absolutely i hold my hand up dog soldiers the werewolves look great they look great they do so does kate beckinsale sorry absolutely but (laughs) but if you're talking about like there's so many iconic scenes that everybody remembers from American Werewolf in London, the the tube station, uh, the chain, the, the actual transformation, the, the the lads walking on the moors, you know, where the moors keep off, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's so much that everyone remembers and loves about this film. The slaughtered lamb, even there's there, slaughtered there. lamb, exactly. You there's know, so the, much little details, so much detail, like iconography, and memorable bits of this film as i said that chaos in piccadilly circus my daughter went to piccadilly circus and she was trying to she was like is this where that was my daughter's 15 <laughs> as you just know right so she like she, when she went to piccadilly circus she was trying to work out where <laughs> where it was going on you know so it's got an everlasting um legacy i feel um maybe in time dog soldiers will but just at this moment in time and comparing it to american Marvel in london nah in my opinion okay cultural impact I'm, I'm gonna bring into bring it in here i think the fact that it was one of the first movies where you were actually seeing those practical effects where you know we, we, we transcended then into the 80s where we saw it in a lot of movies you know both low budget and high budget um i think those uh, those scenes that carol kind of mentioned there you know the change that really showed how you could do that practical stuff. You know what I mean? And do it. You know, some did it well, some not so well. But it was definitely a feature of the '80s. And if you're a creature of nostalgia, uh, like like all of us, basically, not just like myself, um, you can see the cultural impact that this movie had on what came after it. Because don't forget, a lot of this, I believe, started in like late '79 into eight, 1980 as well. You know what I mean? So 
it's uh, it's not like this isn't your mid 80s feature it's it's 100% like late yeah, 70s early yeah. 80s proper early 80s so that it was ahead of its time in that sense so I think that's where the impact really comes in um, you know they tried to follow on with American Werewolf in Paris and stuff and look oh. Oh, it's, it's look it's 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 an okay movie I can watch it you know what I mean it, I find it fun, I can't. personally you know it's just um, I'm kind of like Aaron I you know I don't always judge it to to what came before I just look at it for its own unique kind of uh, entity so look that's where I'm gonna leave it because I know we're probably nearly at time so there we go <laughs> you're actually uh, a little bit shy again you had 30 seconds left but I will cut in there and say even with American Werewolf in Paris I actually only rewatched that recently again now look it's a completely separate thing and of course they were ever going to uh be able to follow that up again yeah um yeah i suppose it, i feel like i guess that category in a way is a little bit unfair because it's very unfair it, that's what we said yeah. at the start like the minute you say impact even me I, straight away i'm thinking yeah american werewolf in london like by far seems like it's had this like huge cultural impact on a lot of different yeah. things um, whereas Dog Soldiers, I feel like, wasn't really given the time of day in a lot of ways, and is kind of, I guess, garnered a more uh, cult kind of smaller following. Um, and and I, I don't think, unfortunately, the lever probably be able to grow to the extent that American Werewolf in London has. Um, I'm willing to be a team player on this one, though, because I, I understand the impact is probably a little bit. Yeah, it was. It was probably uh, a bit much. So, <laughs> and the fact so, that and the fact that you didn't tell us that you were putting that in. Well, well I thought I did actually. This is why I'm stepping in now. Come on. <clears throat> I think to the adjudicator, he can decide the A or nay. Maybe it should be because we have stated our cases, myself and Carl, as to why we think it's culturally culturally impactful, and obviously, you know, for the timeline that it was. So maybe for you guys, you can kind of just come at it as to why you think it's up there, either with or on a par or better, you know, than than Dog Soldier. So I think you guys should probably be able to just kind of talk about why it should be in the conversation. That's I am just pleading my case on yeah, behalf would, yeah, of I fairness. Would, I was going to kind of say that maybe not on such a, a grand scale, but within its own... Uh, Context, guess, yeah. yeah and like within its own ecosystem like obviously you know as regards a brand name and an ip they're kind of worlds apart in a lot of ways so i think it'd be fair kind of to maybe if the lads kind of in yeah. context like of, yeah i'm okay with that yeah um <laughs> I, I got I get I get where you guys are coming from. Like it's gonna be very hard to judge something that's um you know, forty years old and the impact it's had compared to something that's that hasn't had that time either, you know, and that's always going to be difficult. Um I think that the impact that Dog Soldiers did have is that between American Werewolf in London and then Dog Soldiers coming out, was there any particularly good Silver werewolf movie. film? No. Sure. Like silver bullet was possible. Possible silver bullets. Yeah, I would. Silver bullet was good. It's good, but it's not like it wasn't something that people were like. That's a really good werewolf film, and I think you had American Werewolf in London, and then the werewolves had kind of like that genre of film had kind of fallen out because people had realized like we just aren't getting it. Mm. Like we just we aren't hitting the heights that you know was met back when american werewolf was made american werewolf in london obviously not paris um <laughs> but obviously then someone came in with a low budget and they were like i'll take a crack at it and he did take a crack at it and i think he did a fantastic job and i think from there you've seen some more werewolf films kind of sneak werewolves kind of sneak back into things so i suppose that's the impact is that people have decided that you know all right maybe maybe we were wrong to think that you know, we couldn't make a good werewolf film. Maybe we were wrong in thinking that it had been done and there was nowhere else to go with it. And I think that's the impact that Dog Soldiers has on as a werewolf film. It's 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 allowed the genre to kind of come back in that sense. Um, does it ha like it doesn't have the transformation scene, which is like 
and I, I, this isn't a knock at American Werewolf, but like that is the main selling point of American Werewolf. I would say is that transformation scene. Like if you ask anyone about American Werewolf, that's the that's the number one thing that people remember of the film. And like that's not a knock at it, but like it's it's a real positive of the film. Like that's that's the thing that people do remember. Um, and because Dog Soldiers doesn't go for that, it doesn't have that iconic sort of scene. Um, what it did do was it was allowed a new director to come in and maybe he didn't hit the heights after that. His next film was quite good and then it kind of petered out. But yeah, but it looked like we had a new director coming in that was really going to hit it big. Um, so I don't know, like in terms of an impact yet, yeah, it, it hasn't had the impact maybe that American Werewolf has. But I think it has had a, a decent impact in allowing werewolves to kind of make their comeback into the, the horror genre. This this would have shown it as well that it brought Wes Craven back to doing a werewolf movie when he done Cursed. Uh, it wasn't great, but it, it showed that other directors were willing to try and get behind it again. Um, you're talking about no one having done anything for worthwhile for what, 20 years, 30 years? It would have been about 20 years uh, at that time, yeah. And then you're talking about getting Wes Craven, who was number either number one or number two horror director at the time. Well, <laughs> at the time, John Carpenter had kind of not done it for a while. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you're talking about number one, number two, and you get him to come in and do one. And like he went big budget, got Christina Ricci and all in, and didn't really work. Shows it's not an easy thing to do, but what they done with the 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 wolves in this making them smart also changed the creature feature game to make creatures in creature features smarter which makes it more terrifying that it's not just a beast going around and you can probably outsmart it now they're thinking so um <clears throat> yeah i think Again, like I feel like it's I'm like it's like at loggerheads here again now trying to to judge which has more merit over the other. Um okay, I'm not gonna say nothing about that round then, so I'm just gonna throw in something short. We don't have to take five minutes or whatever. I know it's kind of off the off the cuff or whatever. Um maybe just a, a quick speak to um atmosphere, I suppose, scares maybe is the way I want to put it. Um, kill scenes, scares, stuff like that. Obviously, people always come to um, to horror films to see that stuff, to see blood or guts or be afraid or a jump scare or whatever. Uh, if anything does come to mind that you think is like, I guess, the, the closing out arguments as to why you think that your movie should... I'm gonna jump in on that one straight away because that was a great fucking question and you you, you threw a curveball there. Uh, but I, I thought about it. The wheels were turning. I know, okay. I know generally because Dog Soldiers is a more modern movie. It has a little bit more savagery in it. I get that. You know what I mean? It's a little bit darker in the sense of you're in the woods. It's it's a bit more um, claustrophobic. Would that be the right word? In the sense that these boys are, you know, fucking out here in the wilderness and yeah, shit. However, you gotta think about timelines here, and this is this is where I'm coming from. If you match the two of them up in terms of timelines, absolutely, Dog Soldiers is probably just slightly ahead in terms of more impactful in terms of their kill scenes and you know the fact that they're 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 kind of ravaging this this pack of humans you know what i mean it's a pack of wolves hunting a pack of humans so that's essentially what we've got here whereas i think with american werewolf um I, I i know that at that time from speaking to you know family members when that movie came out and they went to the cinema people left you know what i mean because they were just so scared like it, it, it's a really um really good point carl made there about uh carrie's daughter you know looking around Piccadilly and like that that shows the kind of impact that could, that can have where you're like oh shit this is where that happened you know what I mean the people that remember but the people that would be a fan of the of the genre so I, I, I think I, I, I think when you're asked that question you really have to put yourself in a place in time with both of those because like 
for example, Dracula nineteen, you know, fifty eight with, with with Christopher Lee. Can you imagine how much that scared people back then, because of you know the certain rules of being able to watch movies, the Catholicism within it, uh, you know, within within the parish, as we would say, <laughs> you, you'd probably be scalded for even you know caught watching a movie like that. And I think in in nineteen eighty one, you probably would have a similar kind of a impact that kids weren't necessarily meant to be watching this movie i'll give you a, a quick 20 second story i remember even wolf with jack nicholson i went to watch that because it was on channel four one night on a friday at 10 o'clock my dad knew i was going to watch it i don't know how he knew but he rang me mad to tell me watch him he's not meant to watch that <laughs> and uh, i didn't get to watch it son of a bitches but uh eventually i did and uh i straight to the granny's house <laughs> straight to the granny always the granny Always the granny, yeah. She let me do whatever the fuck I wanted. Let me just finish our thing before we yeah. go, because uh, <clears throat> there's one scene in this film that always got me, when I, no matter what age I am. And, I, and what I mean is I love it. It terrified me when I was a kid. I love it now. And that's the dream within a dream. Now, how, how cool was that? Yeah. When, he, when, he's, when he said he's just starting to turn and he dreams about being in the hospital and the Nazi demons come in and just fucking slaughter his family. That's yes. pretty intense as well. Yeah. You know? And then he wakes up and uh, your woman goes to open up blinds and then she, she gets killed again. You know? And of course, yeah. th there's a couple of jump scares there with the werewolf, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but that that dream within a dream sequence, is, I think, was very good, very well done. Very well put out, you know? Yep. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Go ahead, Ted. Yeah, um, I think the, the main kind of like not jump scares but you know like the the scenes that were meant to instill terror um obviously when you're running through the woods and something is chasing you you're not entirely sure what it is but you know that something's chasing you and i think like one of the more iconic kill scenes in this that you don't see very often is um is in the woods and people kind of tend to forget about it a bit now um it's when you're when the guys are running away from the werewolves and there's a uh, your man kind of like he stops dead and you're like oh the werewolves got him and then you it the camera pans down and you see now he's so terrified about what's behind him that he's literally skewered himself onto a tree branch um and that like to me that was a, a brilliant scene to do and then obviously once they're once they're locked within the the little cabin or house in the woods um you know there's all the meat and stuff on the uh the plates and then you're it's kind of referenced later that Oh, even when these people aren't in wolf format, they store all the bodies downstairs, and that's actually what they're eating throughout their like the non-full moon as well. They're sitting there eating human flesh as well. It just adds a little bit to that. It's a bit creepier, you know. It's because it's no longer just oh well, you know, we lose our minds and we attack. It's now no, no, we've we've acquired a taste of human flesh now. That's this is what we eat, and then obviously the um, the scene from the back of the car. Uh, which is an absolute, uh, Joe. You know, yeah. You can you see the like breath fogging up behind him. And he's like, "You're behind me, aren't you?" Yeah. And then just the door opens and it's just a bloodbath. Like his entire body's been emptied of blood and it just pours out. I love it. He's, um, saying, he's, yeah. there and he's like, "You're behind me, aren't you?" I'll fucking have you. <laughs> yeah. Um, they kind of go away from trying to be like all scared people, like. Uh, they're scared but they're obviously army trained men so in the face of fear what they do is they rely on their um their tactics so that kind of they move away from everyone being terrified to being terrified originally to being right now we have a plan and we have a foothold um but at the same time none of the boys ever seem like they're confident that they're getting out of here alive either which i think is a very good way to go when you're doing it as an army style film one of, the, one of the things I love here is where Ted said where a man skewers himself when Sarge finds him. Mm. You can see the glint in his eye and you can see the wolf taking him. Yeah. And uh, it's little things like that. Like, it's if you missed the opening credits scene here, this movie looks like a war movie. It starts out, it, it's lending itself pretty much to a Predator kind of style where you don't see much for half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, maybe about half an hour and then mm -hmm. they, they take off and they ramp it up big style where American Werewolf when you see Jack getting slaughtered at the start 
you think this is only going to get gorier from here and it, it kind of every kill in that movie is flash to fade away kind of kills um except when your man slits your david kessel's throat in the thick and in the in the dream it's like that's yeah. quite that's, yeah that's, it's quite fun for me that like i know i have issues with certain movies and certain things that dream thing with the nazis werewolves is just kind of like what the fuck is going on amazing yeah it's such a different it, it just goes like in a completely it, different direction. I don't know. I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing with it. Do you know kind of way? Bit of both. Yeah, like as I bring up all the time about Texas Chainsaw with the granddad. It's one of them scenes where I'm looking at it going, like, I understand the double dream, which is fine if you had the werewolf attacking, but why have them come in as as Nazis? It's different if the story had them as. A soldier coming back from World War Two or whatever, or Nazis were still a thing. But they threw things into it that didn't need it. Now it was great that they didn't use savagery all the time, the same way Jaws done it. Um, but sometimes when you go to a horror movie, you need it more than just the opening scene, really. Not the opening scene, but the opening death scene. Well, let's yeah, your first let's, kill let's, kill let's kill pass kill it over scene. to uh, to the judge now because we're we're down yeah. to the we're down to the last like five minutes so i'm calling it a draw <laughs> and it, you know what and i was like is it a fair thing to do is it not uh i mean for me looking at storyline um i would probably have to go to american world of london just solely based off the fact that i think as a just a, a singular film it's maybe feels like a more complete story like you didn't i don't want to say you didn't want to know more but you kind of got everything that it was about all within that that window whereas i think the only failing of dog soldiers there which is not necessarily a bad thing but it was like i i felt like i wanted to know more maybe and the fact that we never got to explore that lore maybe a little bit if you were to look at it from that aspect it's like okay it's not a complete can i can I just make a counterpoint to the American Werewolf point on that then? And I find oh. America, I find American Werewolf is very rushed in getting from its story in that the story is told over a month, right? But for three weeks of the month, he's out cold in a bed. And within the week of him waking up, believing he's a werewolf, the doctors not only go, yeah, there's nothing wrong with him other than the fact that this guy bloody thinks he's a werewolf, just let him go. She's fallen, like, it, the two of them have told each other that they love each other within two days of knowing each other. Summer romance. And then, well, it's a bit different to a summer romance. They're, like, <laughs> telling each other they love each other, and, like, it's it's crippled her to see him. Like, you know, if you like, if you think about it in, like, a sort of logical way of, like, oh, I met this I met this girl or met this boy or whatever. Two minutes, Ted. Like, two minutes, Ted. Like, no tangents. I no, but I'm, like, if you met someone, you're, like, oh, I like this person, and then it turned out, oh, they're actually you know they're a horrible beast that's killed a lot of people you wouldn't be like yeah yeah no i'm still deeply madly in love with them and then it fairly ends fairly quickly um now i don't know how they all managed to shoot around her when she's standing <clears> directly <throat> in front of the wolf and they all shoot their bullets magically around her and hit him but for me it's very the story from there it's, it's very rushed because they wanted to get to that point it felt like they spent a lot of their budget on their uh the transformation and then we're like oh we've kind of got to the end and we have no more money let's just get let's get get it over with here well aaron i'm going to counter his point by bringing back a point that one of this team actually said earlier they're not even werewolves they're dog men so i did not say that yep it's here if you it, no i said they're more like they're still exactly. a werewolf and, 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 and the word dog is in it Whereas, they are also they are also referred to as werewolves. But in our film, like, it actually says American Werewolf in London. So there we go. And what does that mean? Kurst, Kurst is your uh, team. Your team has already had a counterpoint. Now come on. No, you 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 tried to bring in something I've said. Yeah, but that's what that's how debates work. <laughs> uh, right, yeah. I'm still going to go with my original thoughts there, and I'm going to give that point to American Werewolf in London. Um, I think for impact, uh, I think I want to just scrap that all together because I feel like there's just too much of a discrepancy between the two films to even not be biased in, in one Which way. Which is fair. Another. That is fair. 
um, going on to, I guess, jump scares, scares, uh, kill scenes. Uh, for me, it would have to be Dog Soldiers. Um, I just feel like it's a bit more, it seems a bit more gritty, maybe. Um, now I know that there is definitely a, a different tone to American World in London. Um, but there's just something about Dog Soldiers that has that, um, I guess as far-fetched as the idea of watching a werewolf film, there's something that seems quite real about like watching these lads and, you know, they don't know what to do and everyone's panicking, his guts are hanging out. It just, I don't know, there's something about the way it's shot as well. Everything's like damp and wet and dark and maybe it's being from this part of the world as well. You can kind of relate to that maybe feeling of like... Considering it's 40 minutes away. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that grim feeling and, and being in the woods. Um, now, that's not to take anything away from American World from London. Um, I do think there's a lot of uh, a lot of really good scenes um, that could probably trump some of the stuff in Dog Soldiers. But I just think maybe the shift sometimes between uh, the more comedic side and then back to Dog Soldiers, if I was to go for straight scares, I would probably go with Dog Soldiers. That's fair. Um, what's, the, what's the result? So then the the last the the last category we had again like and it just feels like like I don't know because they they have so many things to merit would be you know makeup special effects creature design and, and they're much in a, they're much of a muchness in a lot of ways um, I mean American Werewolf is obviously it is iconic like I mean no matter what way you you, you cut that it, it is like and what they done at the time was absolutely even now still to think about that was absolutely crazy mm. uh, I've been to Universal in Orlando a lot and they still show it in the horror makeup show yeah. the American Werewolf in London stuff they still have the the werewolf heads as part of the show I mean that kind of I think speaks a little bit to um, you know how iconic it is uh, while you know the flip side of that is dog soldiers for for what they had and to be able to pull off what they did I, I don't think, you know, if you were to look at that, you know, you'd realise that it was his first film. There was a lot of people on that. It was their first time working on anything like this. And how little money they had, I suppose. And the fact that, you know, it came from the UK from a relatively unknown filmmaker. And, you know, to make the movie they made, I think, is is quite incredible. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would put that as 0.5 each, which leaves us at a, a, a draw. So I'm going to propose something that we we leave it there and I'm going to come up with some sort of a, a unique or interesting idea to have the two teams pit against each other again soon. Just before you finish that, I actually was on the phone to Ted beforehand, right? Before we came on. And now I'm going to issue the challenge. All right? Nice, I like this. Carl. I'm challenging you again on a movie. And you know exactly where we're going with this. Go on, spit it out. I have someone in this group that prefers a 2003 version to your 1978 version. Yeah, so how would that be fair? Because you are, because I will ask Aaron to be my partner for this one. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Al gets to pick his partner out of the two lads, or are we going to have to decide who actually likes the film? Well, I, um, Gal can pick if he wants. I just know you prefer the 2003 one. We yeah, will, to die on that. We'll have a talk about that off camera. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll take up that challenge. You know, yeah. you know, as, 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 as Bret Hart said, Back in the day when Stu Hart was in the ring, he said, "Well, I'll ask my dad to be my tag team partner." Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if, if you're, if you're, if yeah, I'm happy to do that and let Ted judge this one. Uh, it, yeah. It's just a bit weird that Aaron had decided to come out with that challenge when I had literally said it to Ted probably what an hour ago. Yeah, I'll do that an hour well, ago. Think, you I said I'm going to challenge I think this lends itself for me to close out the show now because there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, organic. Pure blooded on the slab, red meat, blood and guts. Aaron has talked himself into a shoot here now without even <laughs> knowing that he was talking himself into a shoot. Greg <laughs> has basically said, Yep, he's gonna he's gonna team up with Aaron uh, 
probably we'll probably do it in the next couple of weeks i think actually i think so, yeah. I'd, say, I'd say give it about a month oh i'd say two weeks is perfect yeah. two weeks is oh, perfect okay. uh so in two weeks time you heard it here first myself and carl are going to be teaming up once again i don't know when this team is going to like break and divide because i'm greg's a very shrewd man he'll uh he, he'll use yeah he me. dropped you quick enough there Ted, didn't he? he'll he'll use me for something at some point when it benefits <laughs> him and i'm okay with that Ted's kind of more impartial to this one. Exactly. I know Aaron. I know Aaron likes the Altery one. But the I thing know, is, Ted like, this time is going to get to be judge, jury, and adjudicator, and, and you know, but he's going to have a lot of stepping up to do to uh, to match Aaron today. Aaron, thank you so much for for coming. Yeah, on. Aaron, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been great. Uh, congratulations on all the success and the sponsorships and stuff. And same to you, my brother. Uh, honestly, I'm actually the pressure. I feel like the pressure is going to be off me next time that we all get together because <laughs> that, that's an unusual place to be to kind of like, yeah, like both those films and then not yeah. be able to. A lot of you guys made arguments there that I was like, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, no, I prefer, <laughs> no, I prefer that movie. <laughs> Well, well, Ted, and of course, Ted, thank you as well for stepping up Ted. as always. You're, yeah, well, you know, you've been, people have been talking shit about how Dog Soldiers isn't a, isn't on par with the were, werewolf. I was like, well, fuck those guys. I won't be letting anybody <laughs> say it's not at least on par. I prefer it myself, um, mainly due to what Aaron said, that I, I find it a grittier, um, a grittier yeah. showing, which is what I like in a horror. I like that kind of grit and, you know, close, uh, mm close camera American Werewolf is very cleanly shot mm. um, and, and as well as that like we're all in agreement that we but we all like both films oh yeah oh, no, films. I like I, yeah. I definitely like both just I prefer a grittier style for yeah. this type of film I do have to make the statement there that uh, what I said about the wolf not aging well I use that to try and get a point <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no well look look I, I am of <laughs> opinion I, I found it quite hard because Carl kind of uh, he he, he basically got me and said yep you're you're on my team on this one and i said yeah absolutely because i do technically prefer a little bit but uh watching the two movies back to back uh this weekend i was the same i was like i could have been chosen on either team on this one i just had to mm -hmm. try and use my kind of charm and debate skills to see because <laughs> i probably way, if you had to put me up uh, if you had to put dog soldiers up against any other werewolf film yeah. You could have had me like you could have you could have turned around and said right ted is joining carl on this one you know what i mean and i'd have pretty much made the same points that greg and ted um, would have made I'll, for I'll, dog I'll soldiers back, I'll, back, I'll back the boys <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean so but look lads once again it's been absolutely phenomenal don't absolutely. forget like we said um today's show has been brought to you by fright rags um literally the best uh horror clothing company on the planet make sure you go, oh boy a country mile make sure you go to uh frightrags.com and use our promo code ots horror 10 for an unreal discount and make sure you're getting bulk lads because it's coming from the state so use that and it's gonna it's gonna really it's gonna really add up and you're gonna get something that uh that's gonna make you very happy and will last for a long time so until next week once again thank you to our host for the day aaron unbelievable thanks for having me can't wait to do it again Great job, my friend. And we're going to put all your links down in the description as well. And uh, thanks to the boys. Once again, don't forget to like, subscribe. Make sure you comment and hit that like button. Bell notification for updates. It is always Horror Night on Friday. And until next week, we are over and out.